Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our Church Around the World celebrates the fourth Sunday of Advent, the last week of this great season, in which we make the final preparations to celebrate the great holy day of the birthday of our Savior. In the scriptures for this weekend, we hear of three important people, Micah, Elizabeth, and Mary. These people are commonly linked. They're considered nobodies in the eyes of the world. They're unknown figures. They hold no power. They're irrelevant in the eyes of the world. Yet all three play a vital role in God's plan of salvation. Take the first person, the prophet Micah, from the first reading. Today's passage essentially is a nice synopsis or summary of the whole Old Testament. When we read this passage from the prophet Micah, we hear about Micah foreseeing the birth of Jesus Christ. He says, You, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is the ruler of Israel. And so Micah sees that from the small little town of Bethlehem, the great Messiah will come, the Messiah that they have longed for for centuries on end. Now, St. John Chrysostom once said, What is hidden in the old is revealed in the new. Well, what does he mean by that? What is hidden in the Old, the Old Testament? Well, Jesus Christ. The prophets foresaw him as the Messiah, but they didn't know his name. And they didn't know exactly when he would come, but they knew he would come. What is revealed in the New Testament? Well, Jesus Christ himself. At the very moment of his birth, Christ reveals himself as the Messiah who has come. Jesus Christ, Christ, the word itself in Greek is Christos, which means Messiah. When Jesus is born into this world, God's plan of salvation is revealed. More to it, God's overwhelming love and mercy is revealed to the world. St. John Chrysostom goes on and he says, When Jesus is born into this world, the great rescue operation begins. And isn't that so true? Before Christ, the world was held in the tight grips of sin and death. And yet, with Jesus coming into this world, now that grip is broken forever. Again, go to the passage from Micah. You, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel. Bethlehem. Well, it's during the time of the birth of Christ, it's a tiny podunk town. It's a backwater town, a mere dot in the map of the Roman Empire. It's a place that you wanted to travel through and not live at. Well, what is Micah getting at here? Well, it's a basic biblical theme. God chooses the weak and makes them strong in bearing witness to him. 
He does that with Bethlehem, the small, tiny, dusty, podunk town now gives rise to the Messiah. But God doesn't stop just there. He does it with individuals. Look at Moses. God sends Moses to speak on his behalf to the Pharaoh. What's Moses' response? No, I can't. I can't speak well. And that's true. Moses had a speech impediment. He stammered. He stuttered. Nonetheless, Moses followed the will of God and became a great leader of the Israelites. How about David? As he squares off with Goliath, Goliath is this massive giant, this awesome warrior. He struck terror in all of the soldiers in the Israelite army. They were all terrified him. No one wanted to fight him. What does God do? He tells this little boy named David, you go and you face off with him. And David does just that. He holds his ground and he defeats Goliath. Again, God chooses the weak and makes them strong in bearing witness to him. And this is what is happening here in the scriptures for this weekend. Where is this most evident? Well, in the gospel. In the gospel, we hear the beautiful story of the visitation, Mary visiting Elizabeth. Now, appreciate the whole context in which it is set in. Mary has just received the word from God. The angel Gabriel has visited Mary and has told her that she is going to bear, give birth to the Son of God. But upon hearing this message, she also hears that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. In fact, getting ready to give birth to her child. Immediately, Mary puts the needs of Elizabeth before her own. That's why it says at the very beginning of the gospel passage for this weekend, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah. Scripture scholars estimate that Mary right now is around 14, 15, 16 years old. She's pregnant. And yet, she goes on this perilous journey. And it is a very challenging and difficult journey. She's traveling from the northern part of Israel to the southern part. I've traveled it before by bus. It took us several hours to get down to Judah. For Mary, it probably took her several days walking. Now, that was a very arduous journey for a young woman traveling in the wilderness, pregnant, vulnerable, and yet she did it. She did it because she thought nothing of herself but of her cousin Elizabeth. Here's a great spiritual lesson for us all. Mary trusted in the word of God that was spoken to her by the angel Gabriel. And then she acted upon it. That's why that key word, she traveled to the hill country in haste, which means she didn't dawdle, she didn't think for a second, she acted and moved immediately. That's what we have to do ourselves. When we know the word of God, when we know God's will for us, we must act upon it. We must not dawdle. And yet, herein lies the great spiritual danger for us all. When we know God's will, when we hear God's word, and we don't act upon it. Instead, we say to God, you know, Lord, I know you want me to grow in my faith, but I'm just too busy this week. I, I have just too many things to do. 
next week, next week I'll start praying every day. Next week I'll start doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. No, that cannot be. We have to be like Mary. We have to recognize the will of God for us. Know the word of God and then act upon it. Don't dawdle, don't second guess. Move and act upon it. Great example of this is in our parish. A few nights ago, our second graders celebrated their first reconciliation, which was a great celebration of faith in their lives. But what made that celebration even better was the fact that the parents also went to confession. It was beautiful. Throughout the whole church, you saw these lines. These tiny little second graders were waiting in line to go to confession for the very first time. And behind them, in line, was their mom and their dad. You know, that was a great example of parents modeling their faith for their children. The parents, when standing in line, they gave a very clear and unambiguous message to their children that they felt the sacrament of reconciliation was vital and important in their lives. And therefore, it should be for the second graders themselves. Here, these parents, they knew the will of God, and then they acted upon it. You know, that's a great example of what Mary did and what we can do ourselves. The story continues. It says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb. Well, where have we seen in sacred scripture someone singing and dancing before the presence of God? How about David? You know, it's that classic story in which the Israelites are bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem to remain there forever. Where is David? He's out in front of the Ark. He's singing and dancing. Why? Because he knows that the presence of God is contained in that Ark. And therefore, he's overjoyed in it. Well, so too with John. John, he hears and recognizes the voice of Mary. He knows that she is carrying God. She is bearing God himself. That's why he's overjoyed. He leaps with joy in Elizabeth's womb. And see, that's why many scripture scholars refer to Mary as the new ark of the covenant, that she truly bears God in her, and she will give birth to the Son of God for the world to be saved. One last thing to think about. Mary does come and she visits Elizabeth and she tends to her. Because of Elizabeth's advanced age, she is probably having a difficult time with her pregnancy, maybe even bedbound. Well, what is Mary going to do? Well, she probably did the cooking and the cleaning. She probably went to the well at least twice a day for water. She probably went to the marketplace to buy food. These are hardly tasks or activities that our queen, the mother of God, should do. But she did them because of her self-sacrificing love that she had for Elizabeth. God chooses the weak and he makes them strong and bearing witness to him. Well, in the gospel, we have the portrait of a very, very strong young woman, Mary. She bears witness to the presence of God in her life by first accepting to be the mother of God and then going out and tending to her cousin Elizabeth despite the perilous journey, despite 
the numerous jobs and tasks she had to perform. So too with us. We are all weak, and yet God makes us strong in bearing witness to him each and every day of our life. Now more than ever, as we come to celebrating the birthday of our Lord and Savior, now God makes us even stronger so that we can continue to bear witness to God in our lives each and every day of our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.